Welcome to another edition of the Stephen Poos Benson Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Poos Benson, and it's great to have you here listening. Thank you so much. You know, this is Holy Week, the week where we remember the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Monday, Thursday on Thursday, Good Friday on Saturday, Holy Saturday, and then, of course, Easter Sunday. And, you know, for this podcast, what I want to do is I want to back us up to Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week, and I want to show you or play for you the sermon uh, that our associate pastor, Jane Ritterson, presented. She did an amazing job in this sermon. I was so inspired by it. You know, she covers the hallmarks of what it means to be a member of Columbine United Church, taking the Bible seriously, not literally, the ordination of women, reimagining God. Man, I love that section on reimagining God. Then she does a magnificent job tying Palm Sunday into the issues of safety for children and at school in the wake of the school shootings since Columbine, the Columbine shootings. And man, I was just so inspired by that. Uh, then she ties, then she does a beautiful job of tying all of this into what is Palm Sunday, Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, then into Holy Week. So if you heard the sermon on Sunday, give it another listen and listen for something new. Um, again, try to pick up some golden nuggets that, uh, that Jane lifts up. If this is your first time listening, allow the sermon to set into your soul. Uh, pause and rewind the audio when you hear something significant and mark that down uh, for your own life. So here's Reverend Jane Ritterson, Associate Pastor of Columbine United Church. The scripture passage is read by Colin Hearn, a good friend of Columbine. Our scripture passage this morning is from the book of Luke, beginning at the 28th verse. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at a place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who are were sent and departed and found as he told them. As they were untying the colt, the owner asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitudes of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice, for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Colin. The triumphal entry. Today is Palm Sunday, in case you missed it. And it is my very favorite Sunday of the church year. And I mentioned that to Steve a couple of weeks ago, and here I am. <laughs> what it means is, is that we're nearing the end of Lent, the 40 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday, and Easter is just one week away. And in Delaware, which is in the Middle Atlantic, not New England, <laughs> 
spring break always coincided with Easter. When our kids were growing up and when I was growing up, we had Good Friday off and the week following Easter, which meant that John and I usually boarded a plane with our kids on Good Friday and took off for somewhere south, a place with warm water, warm oceans, and blue skies. That was, of course, before I got into this line of work. I learned a new word this week called Texmas, which refers to so many Texans coming here on their spring break to spend time in the mountains. And I hear our slopes are as crowded now with Texans as they were with people from Colorado between Christmas and New Year's. And I wonder why anybody in the world would want to go somewhere cold on spring break. <laughs> I have loved that during the season of Lent that Steve has focused us on gratitude through his sermons. And we've been encouraged to think about all the things we're grateful for, our friends, our families, our spouses and partners, our church, our city, our state, our country, and most particularly for God. We've had our faith stretched that we've been encouraged to experience God in new and different ways. And I, for one, am very grateful that here at Columbine United Church that we take the Bible seriously, but not literally. Because if we took it literally, I would not be standing up here today because Paul has told us that women should be silent in the churches. And in case you are wondering whether this simply might apply to women, men, do you know that throughout the Bible there are instances of polygamy cited? And I think for most of you, one spouse or partner is enough. <laughs> I'm also glad that we can reimagine God in so many different ways. When I think about God, I do not think of him in the way that I learned in Sunday school about an old white man sitting in the sky, behaving like the Wizard of Oz, doing this, that, and the other in our lives. But I think more about God, who is someone like a mother hen, who gathers us under her wings to keep us safe and guard us through the storms of life. I also think God is like a father, one who welcomes us home and prepares a feast for us beyond what we can imagine, no, how, no matter how far we have strayed or where we have gone wrong. Like a father and like a mother and like so many other things, God is there for us. And God loves us, whether we're male or female, somewhere in the middle, whether we're gay or straight or not quite sure. God loves us irregardless of our gender and irregardless of our political situation, or even whether or not we call God by a name that we're familiar with, or we don't call God anything at all. God loves us no matter what. When I was a child, we went right from Palm Sunday, waving our palms, singing Hosanna, loud Hosanna, into the strains of Christ the Lord is risen today, with never a thought in between. And I think that's one of the reasons I love Palm Sunday so much, because I can remember as a child getting to walk into the big Methodist church where my mother took us each week, waving our palms, and there was a big pipe organ and a choir of 50 or 100 people trailing behind us. And it was just so exciting as a small child to be a part of that. 
In the same way, I imagine our Sunday school kids were thrilled and excited to be here. And so right from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday in the empty tomb, and I believe that the Sunday school teachers in the 1960s probably sugarcoated the passion story for us. And I don't even know if the Methodist Church, when I grew up, even had a Monday Thursday service. And I wish I could ask my mom, but of course she's no, here no longer, and I don't really know too many people anymore that go to that church. And it wasn't until after my own 10-year sabbatical from church when I left the Methodist Church and joined a Presbyterian church that I ever experienced the Monday Thursday service for the first time. Holy Week is hard. It's something that we'd like to forget about sometimes. And I, too, would like to forget about so many things about this week, about Pontius Pilate, about the kiss of betrayal that Judas plants on the, on the cheek of Jesus. And I'd like to forget that Jesus' disciple Peter denied him three times on the night before Jesus died. And I would like to erase those images in my mind that have been burned on there since I saw the Passion of Christ some years ago about Jesus walking through the streets of Bethlehem, carrying his own cross, the very cross where he would be put to death. And so with all that in mind, I do encourage you to join us Thursday night for our Monday Thursday service. And I can promise you after someone who had not been to one until she was in her mid-30s and a mother of two, that the resurrection day will have a whole new meaning if you join together in the events of Holy Week, if you walk through the darkness back to the light and the empty tomb. Our scripture lesson this morning illustrates one of the most colorful events in the history of our faith story, and it is Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a colt, according to Luke, and on a donkey, according to the other scriptures, He's riding in as one meek and mild. And Jerusalem is packed because so many people have flocked to the city for their annual pilgrimage of Passover. And they're waiting with hope and expectation that one will ride into their lives, a king unlike any other. And that's why they're crying, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Yet this parade was unlike any other. It was not like, I couldn't miss this, Bill, the Eagles Super Bowl parade this last year. It wasn't like any kind of 4th of July or national parade. And Jesus' parade into Jerusalem certainly did not have the frivolity of the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade, or the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade, or a St. Patrick's Day parade. And I love parades. And I think perhaps rather than someone riding in meek and mild on a donkey, the people of Jerusalem were expecting some kind of a superhero, somebody that could come into Jerusalem and overturn the Roman government and grant them peace for generations to come. Maybe they were waiting for John Wayne to ride in on a horse, Spider-Man, and my favorite, Wonder Woman. I know she could have done it. <laughs> you know it too. <laughs> But Jesus came in, not like Wonder Woman, 
or Spider-Man or John Wayne. He came in quietly and without much ado on the back of a donkey and gently planted seeds of love, of peace, and hope among the people. You know, there are some churches these days that start their Palm Sunday service outside as they wave their palms, and I suspect they are probably more urban churches, which might attract more of an audience, as they proclaim to the world and witness to the fact that God is coming, that God is among us, that Jesus is marching in, and they shout their hosannas, and people stop who aren't familiar with their art traditions, and they might ask, why are you doing this? What's going on? And then the people have an opportunity to share their stories. But we would really have to be in the dark not to be aware of what was happening yesterday in our country. Almost a million people were marching in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Thousands were marching in our own city. And people were marching across our country in cities large and small and across the world as they too marched for peace, a way for our students to be safe in their schools. And I know that we in this congregation have widely varying opinions of what that looks like and what that means. And I know we have people here who support the NRA, and we have people who are sitting here right now who would not give the NRA their first or last nickel and I love that we can be together and have our differences. But I think every single person in this room could agree that when we send our students, our children, our grandchildren, and our neighbors, we want them to go into a school building and a room that is safe and out of harm's way, period. That's it, no questions answered. When my children were growing up, and they were children that went to high school in the 90s, the only thing I really worried about was them getting hurt, car accident, drinking too much on Friday night. They never got in a car accident, but they did the other. <laughs> and they got caught. It wasn't fun for them. And then it was 1998, 99, 1999, and it was Columbine. And my children were in ninth and 11th grade at Concord High School in Wilmington, Delaware. And I knew at that very moment that it could ha if it happened here, it could happen there. And life has never been the same for any of us. And now that I have two little grandchildren, two little boys who are one and a half and three, I know that I love them more than I love life itself. And when a few years, when they go to school, I want to know that they are safe and I don't want their parents to be worrying about them each and every moment. And so I believe those who marched yesterday in Washington and Denver and across the globe were marching in the name of God as they too planted seeds, seeds of love, hope, and forgiveness in this world that has turned into something that was unfamiliar to us 19 years ago. I honestly believe, whether they named it or not, that they too were marching in the light of God. 
And so when I think about everything that has happened in the last 19 years, and I think of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, on a colt, nearly 2,000 years ago, I believe, too, he rode into Columbine High School 19 years ago, offering seeds of peace and hope. I believe the marchers yesterday had Jesus at their side as they marched on the mall in Washington, D.C., as they advocated for peace and safety for our most precious children. And I believe Jesus walked into Sandy Hook Elementary School and was with those who were suffering the loss of those sweet little kindergartners. And Jesus walked into Jerusalem. I walked into Jerusalem as he walked into Parkland High School, bringing hope and courage to the survivors as they too, without precedent, have planted seeds of hope and love into our world today. You know, it's no wonder that the people of Jerusalem wanted somebody to come in like a savior and wipe the powers of Rome away so they could live in peace. And I think sometimes, too, I want a God who is like a genie in a bottle that I can pray to, and God will come out and wipe away all the sin, all the trouble in the world. I wish that God could take a magic wand and make cancer cells disappear. And I wish God could wave a magic wand and have all people who were suffering from mental illness be well. And I wish God could take a magic wand and make everyone who was addicted to a drug whole again. But we ought know all too well that is not possible. That is not the way our world works or the way our God works. But what I do know is that when we gather together and we support one another, that we can learn to give thanks in all things. And I love that Steve brought that up a few weeks ago when he went back to the Greek to get a better translation. It's not that we give thanks for all things, because there are a lot of things that are just horrible and there's no thanksgiving to be given. But in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our suffering, we can give thanks because we are a people of hope. We gather together week after week to support and love one another. And when we learn to live lives of gratitude, we find hope even when we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And it is true, I really believe this, that the best things in life are free. And those things include the love of God and the promise of a savior who will never leave us alone. The love of our family and our friends and our God is free. And that is the honest to God truth. You know, here in our little corner of the world of Columbine United Church, we waved our palms and we give thanks. And we might not have as much effect on the world as the marchers did yesterday in Denver or Washington or London, but we do our best and we come together and we join our hands and we pray with one another and for, another, for one another so in all things we can indeed give thanks of the people of God as we look ahead to next week and the empty tomb and we claim the promise that we are never ever alone. So friends, I want you two to know 
that you come in the name of the Lord. You are blessed, each and every one of you, and each one of you has been sent in God's name. Amen. Wow, you know, that is an amazing sermon. Uh, in preparing this podcast, I've listened to the sermon about the three, three and a half times, going on four times, and every single time I listen to it, I hear something new that, that inspires me. Uh, Jane, thank you for this great sermon. Thank you for being on a staff, the staff at Columbine United Church, and uh, thank you for introducing us to Holy Week. So this uh, concludes this weekly podcast of the Stephen Cruz Benson Podcast. Welcome to Holy Week. Um, be mindful of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and, of course, Easter Sunday. You can join us at Columbine United Church for uh, services on, on Monday, Thursday. We have our extravaganza on Saturday afternoon, and then we have an Easter service at 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, and then, of course, sunrise at 6 and then our services here at church at 8 and 10. Have a great week, and thanks as always for tuning in.